Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. Hey everybody, welcome back. What is up? Hey buddy. Uh, uh, thanks for tuning in. You know, I realized the last couple weeks we've thanked people for tuning into Following Jesus for Jerks. And Super the, fans. And the very last thing on the intro is welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. So they already know. I don't have to, we don't have to remind them that this is Following Jesus for Jerks. Yeah. Welcome back to Following Jesus for Jerks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> they're already here. They are. They are. Thanks we are for being glad here. You're here. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Kylie. And thanks for being here, special guest. Special guest. Wow. What's Look up, that, everybody? Look at that smile. Ooh. A smile. I told Kylie I have a smile for radio. And that, everybody, is Micaiah Foster. Well, Micaiah, thanks for stopping in. <laughs> see you later. Bye. We'll see you later. <laughs> Actually, Micaiah said last week that he thought this probably should be um, videoed <sighs> because of his looks. That is true. Understandable. He definitely brings the... Uh, <laughs> The handsome level up. The handsome factor. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, look at that guy. All right, guys. I wish you guys right. could see this. All he right. also brings the average beard length out a little bit. Yeah, the hair. There's a lot more hair in here. Oh, way, yeah. I mean, way more he basically, hair in this room. Beard, he basically hair. tripled the amount of hair that's in the room already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not counting body hair. I was going to say, you haven't seen much of this. <laughs> We're just counting I'm head just hair. Kidding. It's probably times 100. If I'm sure there's some other hair laying around. Back hair, I don't have no. Ooh. I'm not. I don't. I don't have a particularly hairy. Body. My wife pulled one back hair off of me, and she was like, "Why did you let that happen?" I was like, "This is your job. Like, if I have one back hair, you're responsible for keeping that thing at bay." <laughs> <laughs> Marriage lessons right from the get go. There we go. <laughs> Micaiah, why don't you introduce yourself to the the crew? My name is Micaiah. I am a super fan. I am. I've been mentioned on this show before without my permission so now i'm going to mention myself (laughs) uh no just a little bit about myself uh grew up here in fort wayne always had like a relationship with jesus um but it became real later in life as uh walking through surrender hold on hold on on. later in life you're a kid i'm like 62 right now so Uh, by later in life, I mean 16 years old. <laughs> okay. So early, you know, thankfully, before I could really mess my life up really, really, really bad. Yeah. Still mess it up pretty good. Um, but yeah, just through journeys of heartbreak, surrender, disappointment, like leaning into who God really is and not the God that I want to conjure up or um, the one that serves me best, but... um the creator God, who's the creator of the heavens and the earth, who's almighty and all loving. And, um, yeah, through that, just committing my life to obedience to him and saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. Whatever my life looks like in you, I want to pursue it. And so from the time I was graduating high school till now has just been a journey of obedience and recalibrating where I feel like the Lord's calling me and what to step into and trusting him to be, my provider, my teacher, um, 
all those things. Scripture says that um, we're no longer in need of a teacher. The anointing teaches us everything. And so I didn't finish college, um, did a year and just felt like the Lord led me to do that. And um, just continuing that, okay, Lord's going to be my everything. He's going to be my provider. He's going to be my lover. He's going to be my friend. And then I went through a season there of just like becoming a really good slave. Lord, anything you want me to do, I'm going to do it. So I was really good at taking orders. I held on to everything in life loosely, which at the time I thought was like a good thing. So that if God called me to do something else, um, I could let go. I could be a good slave and I wouldn't have to put up a fight. And then somewhere along the way, um, the Lord kind of like said, hey, like, let's reevaluate this because there's that scripture. It says no longer have he called us slaves, but he calls us friends. And so there's this journey of like in us realizing the sovereignty and the power and the almighty God where our best position in relationship with him is slavery. Uh, we learn to trust him and let him lead us blindly. Um, but then like he kind of stops leading like that. And we're like, God, where are you? And he's like, Hey, like, what do you dream about? Like, I dream whatever you want me to do. Lord, I just, you know, I was like, no, what happens is you end up just building everyone else's dreams because you're a willing servant and you're, good at what you do and you're hardworking. So whether it's carpentry or music or whatever you decided to serve and quotes me as in God, like in that relationship, I was really just serving other people that noticed that I was willing to do stuff. And that wasn't a bad thing when the Lord was leading that. But when it just became like, Oh, giving my life away to other people's needs is righteousness Mm. was like, God was like, okay, now sonship is righteousness. What does sonship look like in your life? Really had to reevaluate why I was doing stuff, and God brought me on a journey of learning how to dream again. Like, what do you want for your life? I don't know. I never thought about what I wanted for my life because all I wanted was to be obedient, so my desires didn't factor into. And so that was a hard time of just choosing like setting the course of my life in honor of who God's made me to be and in honor of him as the creator God, um, which when you're just out of being a slave sounds like anti-Christian, you know, it's like, uh, I I don't have the authority to decide what I want to do, but Jesus empowering us to like walk as his creation, to walk as his sons and daughters, to become co-heirs, which I think is going to take forever to learn how to do that. That's why he created eternity. Mm. Um, But yeah, so I just started jotting down like, okay, well, what are things that I like to do? So I started with activities and that worked into like, um, obviously a lot of hurt disappointments. Um, Partially while I was holding loosely to things was I was thinking I was noble, but really I was just afraid of being hurt. Mm. Like, man, if I, if I really believe and fight for this and it doesn't happen, like that's going to be so painful and so disappointing. What if I just say in the name of Jesus, I'm not supposed to hold anything tightly. Then I can have like a shield from this disappointment. And the Lord corrected me in a later season. Like, no, I want you to love deeply because I'm going to bring people into your life that you're called to love deeply and hold on to and fight for. And I want you to want to do that. And I want you to, choose things in your life that 
through your identity and me, like you're willing to go to the ends of the earth for, um, to honor those things rather than just like, Oh, I'm obedient. See you later. Um, doesn't hurt. Like, Oh, so a lot of people know I'm not a crier. So people think I don't have like a lot of feelings or emotions and maybe that's true. Cause I numbed a lot of it, but just that, yeah, the Lord wanted to reawaken desire. Just this word desire is something that during that time God had to redefine because desire in that season of life always resulted in sin. So then desire became the enemy. Like, oh, if I desire and it goes badly in a good thing, I'm disappointed. If I desire and it leads into something bad, then it was lustful and sinful. And now so desire is awful. So then yeah. we sep- I separated myself from this idea of desire, which led into like, okay, my only desire is to be a slave of Christ, which uh, there was a time of like surrendering that that was healthy. But then it went unhealthy where it was like, no, you can't be who I called you to be without desire. Yeah. Scripture says that the Lord is the desire of the nation. You take your desire out of that, good luck finding like that desire right. and that life. And so um, since we're then, to, you know, Call to pray and God will give us the desires of our heart. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Seek first the kingdom. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Okay, Lord, I've been seeking your kingdom and I'm still not really happy. Well, what do you want? I just want to serve you. Okay, well, what do you want? I just want to seek first the kingdom. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Come back later when yeah. you think of something <laughs> that you desire. Um, yeah, so just kind of learning that. And I think I'm still in that learning experience, but that was kind of like the footwork of it where the Lord was like, Hey, let's, let's move into friends. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you authority. And I think a lot of the gospel and the life of Jesus was empowering people to realize we're not victims because of the cross, because of grace, because of his imputed righteousness. Like we get to live out a glimmer of the righteousness of God in our life through the authority that he's put in us, empowering us to make like righteous and holy decisions and to have righteous and holy desires um, that create spaces and places for people to experience the changing love of Jesus that otherwise wouldn't if we were just living in the shell Mm. of our sin, you know, for righteousness sakes, quote unquote. Uh, So that's a little bit of my backstory. If you guys want to ask me some questions, maybe keep this um, whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa yeah this is, not, this, this is this is whose podcast is this right. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying i don't want to go on and talk in circles for no, you, remember, you remember when he walked in and wasn't sure he'd have anything to say i, I remember, remember that, that. just I a couple minutes ago time. yeah <laughs> yeah we've all been pretty close for yeah. for quite a while well i i go pretty way back with micaiah that 16 year old micaiah yeah that he was describing used to play drums for me not really. Yes, you did. Chris would say, hey, play whatever you feel led to play. And oh. then I would play something. He said, don't play that. <laughs> <laughs> so be, I don't know that. somewhere I, else. <laughs> I don't know that I played drums with Chris or that I just tried to do exactly what Chris wanted me to do. <laughs> Your servant heart worked out well. <laughs> well, when you came back, I remember one of the first things you said as you entered into, you know, our, our church family is... Mm the maturity and the yeah. growth that you'd seen Absolutely. in Micaiah since that time. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he went from being 
a boy to a man. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh. No, but it's, but it, I mean, it's been it's been cool to see. I mean, I was gone for you know hadn't seen you in what five six years. Yeah. You know, come back and you're later in life. You're later in life. You're <laughs> but no, you're 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 leading people. You know, and it was and it was cool to be on either side of that transition that you were mentioning. Yeah. Right. To remember you back then, and I, I remember. I remember first first meeting you. So here's a fun fact that you might not even know. Technically, say it. Distant relative. Yeah. Not that distant actually. Yeah, I think you you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So we got to be around his family and got to be around him quite a bit and you were just always described as oh man, McKay is a he's a he's a good guy. He loves the Lord. He loves serving. He's just he's just uh, uh, kind of I think of a uh, Caleb, right, was described as a, a man of a different spirit. That's how you were described the very first time I ever met you, and uh, and it was just cool to see that transition from from becoming that to a person who walks in authority, who knows who he is, whose identity is firmly in the Lord. And uh, I know that stuff doesn't happen overnight, and that doesn't happen without, like you you said, it some hurt, some disappointment, and growth coming out of that. Yeah. So proud of you, man. Thanks, man. So how does that look for you to walk in this sonship as God's friend and still maintain we've talked about a foot in both gutters and and still maintain the the humble route of recognizing you know who our failures that we can be jerks at times like how do you navigate that Yeah, I'm most definitely a jerk at times. Um and just to humble myself even now, like I want to look awesome and look like I want people to know that what I did was good. Um, and that's kind of like the pride that I sift through, like when you're in leadership positions or like coaching or leading, or if you're an upfront person, like the temptation to be like, man, people might think I'm awesome if I do really good and I want to do good. But checking that before the Lord, like I'm just letting everything be unto him. So even like coming in today, I'm like, man, I want to like make this podcast session like good. Not that it isn't good before. Like I listened to all your guys' episodes, but just like, ah, uh, generally I like have a minute or two where like my personal pride is like, okay, in this moment I'm feeling that like competition or whatever it is like where like I really want to put my best foot forward and then I take a deep breath. I'm like, but I'll give it all up for you, Lord. Mm. You know, and I think that time frame, like we talk about repenting often or, you know, it kind of is like that moment where like there was probably when I was younger and even still now, like weeks of that, like flesh competing mm. with my surrendered identity but in these specific areas of like leadership and we can call it ministry or whatever, where I'm facilitating like unto the Lord, like I truly believe like he's positioned me in a way to draw sons and daughters into a loving, intimate relationship with him. Like a pawn's man first breath, like the d intimacy that he's made for us. Like that's the type of like experiences God's put in me to like cultivate other people to experience the touch of God like they'd never known before. And that, that could change their life. And so, like, 
I've kind of gotten in the habit of like recognizing, okay, here's my flesh. I want to do great. There's a desire. There's a little bit of good desire in that colluded with like perverted desire in the sense of like, I just want to be awesome for me. Right. But the good desire of like, Lord, I want to give real honor to you in my gifts, in my talents. And if I blow this whole thing and it's awful, like the rocks could cry out and like you could receive your glory from that. And so, um, being that pride and humility, one foot in both gutters, I think for me is like, I tend to have areas in my life that are like really quick to humble myself and other areas that are still like kind of dragging out, um, that it kind of is more of a fight to pull out of that gutter. And so that's definitely a journey. Um, when is it more difficult for you? What are the situations or circumstances? Um, yeah, usually it's like when I'm caught off guard or things don't go as planned. Um, so a lot of times I'll like think through how I think stuff should happen, that expectation. And it's, it's a little bit of control probably, but also I think it's just more so like, oh, I just thought this was going to happen and it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. I'm just a little frustrated about it. Well, why are you frustrated about it? Well, I'm just frustrated about it. About it. Do we need to talk about it? No, we don't need to talk about it. Um, but stuff like that, things that I like, I've talked to Kylie a lot about this. My emotional tension comes out in anger. Like I don't have a lot of other outlets for it. Um, I don't know, maybe it's how I was raised, maybe because I had seven siblings. <laughs> like, you have one way to be heard, yeah. and you're going to find it, okay? Middle child, well, how did you notice McKay lately? No, except for that time he got super angry and tried to throw me down the stairs. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to unlearn some of those things, and sure. so, like, if I got disappointed, like, I would feel kind of angry and try to, like, get my way. And, or like if I was hurt, like, ah, whatever, screw you guys. And I would, instead of like, or even like when I'm being rebuked, like my temptation is to like correct someone else in a hurtful way because I was hurt Mm -hmm. rather than receiving like correction. And I think that's, that's a challenge for me feeling correction and not rejection. Mm. Cause again, I want to do well. Yeah. I want stuff to yeah, be done sure. right. I see things going a certain way, and if it doesn't go that way, I feel like I, it failed or I failed. And when someone's like, hey, maybe you could do it like this, or maybe you shouldn't say this, instead of feeling like a light bulb moment, and like, oh, wow, thank you so much, I feel rejection because I'm like, man, I've mm. been trying so hard. Probably haven't been trying that hard, but like that feeling of like, oh, when am I going to catch a break? Like, and I'm going to get over this. And um, so. So qu- question in, in that, right, in the right living in, in between those two things of some humility, that's good, some desire, that's good pride that you recognize. Um, have you have you found in your life and I know everyone's different, but in your life, has God. Has God made more like uh, I'm trying to think how to I should should have had this question phrased. Before I open my mouth. Has God more, hey, I'm going to, McKay, I'm going to teach you through the journey. So continue, whether it's leading congregation, 
whether it's leading worship, uh, coaching, continue doing that and I will guide you through it. Or have you, or have you experienced, you need to put that down for a while because I'm going to teach you and then you can pick it back up again. Yeah. For the most part, I feel like I say feel a lot. Some people don't like that. Um, in my relationship with the Lord, it's always been like an adjusted trajectory. So like when we're saying yes, when we're moving after God, like he can direct us. If we just like pull the plug on the operation God in our life, it's really hard to reboot that. Um, so in my experience, most of how the Lord has like led me is like, stay faithful, stay surrendered. And obviously we, you know, that goes from measure to measure, glory to glory. And so, yeah, for a lot of ways, it's just been like, stay the course, but engage these hard things. Stay the course, Mm -hmm. like confront this pain, stay the course, like sort through this disappointment, rejection, fear of failure. Um, Because those are the places that I'm encountering it, Mm. you know, like, and then be quicker to listen to the Lord in those moments. Like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, what are you teaching me in this failure? Or what are you teaching me in this disappointment? And what are you showing me in this interruption or rejection? And, um, yeah, that's been most of how he's, like, taught me in those things. Um, Because I'm a doer. I like to do stuff. I like to stay active. And I think for some people... Um, people that I respect and love, like the Lord calls them to like take a season sitting out um, in a sense where they just need to have no distraction. They need to not lead and they need to just really steep alone with the Lord. And um, I definitely think that's an important like ingredient in anyone's relationship with the Lord. But as far as what he's allowed me to lead into and what he's led me into has always been like, adjusting the trajectory on the way and giving permission and grace for myself and others to like see something that the Lord's doing and like shoot for that and then get there and realize like, nah, it's a little different. Let's readjust yeah. rather than being like, Oh, we got here and it failed. We're not, it's not quite what we thought it was going to be. Let's tank the thing. Yeah. And, um, I think in a lot of ways it's been the grace of God that's allowed us to like persevere. I think we've gone through some things that, most people would have given up or said, this is a sign from God to hang it up for a while. Um, when my parents stepped down from the church that they planted and that I kind of had abruptly was given like leadership over, everyone's like, so we're going to like just close for a couple months and just, you know, take a break, see, let the air clear. And I'm like, no, we're going to meet and like worship the Lord. If it's two of us, three of us, 10 of us, like, the primary reason why we gather is to minister to the heart of the Lord. If we're not doing that in every season, like good luck. Cause <laughs> that's like what we're made to do. Yeah. So we could do it in a basement. We could do it in a building, but like I'm going to be meeting with people ministering to the heart of the Lord. Cause he's worthy of it. Whether we call it this organization's name or not. So like, what do you mean? Take a break, like clear the air. Like I'm not going to not, rest with the Lord. Um, so as a doer, as a person that takes action, always moving, even as trajectory shifts and face disappointments or struggles or, or challenges, what does that stillness 
look like in your life on the uh, on the maybe micro level as opposed to the macro not taking a season off not not disconnecting but like what is this your stillness and intimacy with the lord look like because you're because you're a busy guy you have your hands for sure in a lot of different things right yeah. ministry physical coaching uh remodeling homes and, and that side of your business worship like you have your hands in a lot I'm curious the answer to that too. Like, how do you? That's something I wrestle with, mm. um, and it's been different. Like every season of my life, there's been like a rhythm that, like, this is the right rhythm, and then season will change, and it's like, okay, the the way that I was being filled before, like, I'm not quite at capacity. So, like, lean into the Lord. Like, okay, what in this season does my life require to like stay at capacity of being filled with like his presence and intimacy. And so, um, we have a 10 month old kid and I would say we've had so much like life change over the time of my wife and I getting married, which will be four years coming up. Um, it's like, we've never had like the same year, same six months for, since we got married prior to that. Like I had, I had a lot of rhythms where it was like quiet time and drive time and some podcasts. And it was like, it was all about me because I was single. So all my time was all for me. Um, and one of my vows to my wife was like, um, my life has been wholly my own. I've shared it with many, but I haven't given it away to someone. And like, I'll give my life to you. And so in this season, a lot of that stillness, that quiet, that like, you know, refining moments happen around like the house. Like, okay, I feel like there's some tension. It's like, look, it looks like doing dishes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it looks like watching Shiloh while my wife can take care of her 6,000 plants. Um <laughs> I'm taking donations for my wife's plant addiction. Um, go fund me in the meeting notes. Um, so, and that's something I wrestle with because for so long in my life, like I attached like spirituality to these certain practices and it's just not been the reality of this season of life that we're in. We're like, Oh, did this many hours doing this. I read this devotional and I've read this book. And so, I feel righteous and holy. And it's like a lot of that stuff got stripped away to like the simplicity of like being faithful to the little things. And I think that's like been my word for the last year. Faithfulness. Like how am I going to be faithful to my wife, to my kids, to my community, um, to the commitments and also like primarily to like the Lord. Mm. Um, That's our, our first call. And so, yeah, something I've wrestled with because I can't just say, oh, well, I do this and I do this. Um, but trying to take time to be still, yeah. if it's five minutes, drinking a cup of coffee or just like not being on my phone because part of what um, working with people and working with uh, real estate means I'm just managing people because they're doing work for me. I can end up being on my phone a lot and that's like... One, it's addictive, but also you're just used to doing something. And so I don't need to be doing it. And then all of a sudden I'm like checking to follow up on stuff and make sure things are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's like, mm, need to check that. 
if I have a moment to just step away. But going away with family, we really live a like rhythmic lifestyle as we believe like it's healthy for us to get away. So when we're in town, we're going to be all in. If I'm in town, I'm going to be at service. Maybe even if I'm not leading, like that's like one thing that I believe, like if we're around, we're going to be here because these are our people. This is our God. And it's way cool. Like in a corporate setting, Mm. like our relationship with the Lord, our expression of worship corporately is like different than what we have personally. And I think they're both like valuable. Um, but also when we get away, like, I don't feel bad about it. I'm like, oh, we're spending a weekend with family. Like, outside of, like, God the Father, like, the family that he's put in our life biologically, it's, like, the next most important thing. And then, you know, chosen family. Right there, right next to, like, family. Biologically um, or and or adopted, however. But, like, our people that have our name or... You know, our blood and flesh. I just feel like if we're not honoring family and pursuing connection with family, I just feel like there's a disconnect in what we say, like the gospel of mm. Jesus has called us to. Oh, like maybe this is my experience growing up as like a pastor's kid. It was like, oh, these missionaries and these people, they're giving their whole lives away to this people group. It's like, oh, yeah, and it's coming at the expense of their family. And that's, like, something the Lord always put in me to, like, hey, there's a different way kingdom looks like family. And modeling that, like, in your intimate family becomes becomes an open door to, like, really connect with community in the sense of family without, like, sacrificing your kids for it. I think Jesus Mm -hmm. paid for that. Um, Even in the Old Testament, God made a way for there to be a ram caught in the thistles. And please, um, please don't sacrifice your daughter. She's way too cute. Like, stupid cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Shiloh. So let's go back to worship for a little bit. Um, one of the most gifted and talented worship leaders I've ever been around, seen, known as a friend. But to watch how you do that, um, it's it's crystal clear there's not performance involved. The freedom of, you know, very, very rarely, but if you start in the wrong key or so, there's no hesitation to stop. Like the, the I think the one of the coolest parts um, that God has created about you is just this, this freedom. Um, but it's unique in that you can tell that you are, just like you said, ministering to the heart of the Lord, worshiping him and bringing other people with you. What's that look like in your growth and maturity and how you've done that from I'm a talented vocalist, I'm a talented guitar player or drums, whatever, everything. How to take that from this is mine and this is my heart going after the Lord to bringing people with you. What's what's that looked like and how do you, how do you press pride away as you're leading people? I think now it looks different, more differently than it has. Maybe on the outside, it looks the same, but like in my spirit, um, years ago, it was like interceding for like a move of God, believing that like 
the angels were going to sing with us and I was going to do this thing like with the spirit that like would be for these other people to experience God and it would happen. Like, and that was like, I went through a season of a friend of mine shared with me. He said, you can have anything in faith that you are willing to be responsible for. Not anything in faith that you want, but like our partnership with God takes responsibility. So it was like, okay, in faith, you can have everything you're willing to be responsible for. And um, so in prior seasons, it was like I got called to go lead worship at places. And it was like, I'm going to bring my team and we're just going to like, we are going to pull out the expression of worship in people. And so really like try to control the moment where we would stop, even like call things out. You could call it words of knowledge. But like our goal was to get people to engage the father through the way we knew how. And so that's activating the environment. Um, and where I'm at now and what the Lord's led me to in this season is just like putting 100% of our energy like onto the father. Yeah. Open the floodgates. Come on in. If people want to come in, cool. If they want to watch out and see like life's being changed from afar, cool. Mm-hmm. But putting all of my focus on Jesus. And, um, that makes it uncomfortable for some people and that makes some people feel left out. But um, it's also been more liberating and freeing for me because I'm also not stopping in the middle of worship thinking in my head like, okay, what do I need to do to get these people to engage? And I'm like, Lord, I'm going to engage you. And if your spirit wants to fall and touch their hearts, like they'll engage. Like when we, when we come face to face and encounter the Lord, like, stuff changes and there's a response there's like you can call it like people don't like the word charisma like charismatics but like when you encounter like the god of the universe like there is a charismatic response of like i mean you get your favorite thing ever favorite meal ever (laughs) like i don't even sit still when i'm eating because it's good let alone (laughs) like when i feel the presence of god like yeah uh so that's how I feel it is now. The Lord's like taking me out of that season where it's like, okay, I don't want you to control the environment. Like, I just want you to like get on the threshing floor in heaven. And yeah, when heaven comes, like it'll come. Which I think over the last couple of months, especially maybe that's when part of that started to, to shift in you and in, for instance, our culture on a Saturday night is we've seen, God do amazing things and touch people's hearts and people surrender them themselves in the midst of just an open free we're going after the Lord and ministering to his heart and and allowing him to do what he does and so that's been super cool to see in you and the whole team and the whole room I mean it's just this simplicity of like you said opening the doors and allowing people space to to engage for themselves um, if they choose to. And um, so anyway, I'm awesome. Just encouraged for sure. Yeah. And it's been freeing because the pressure's off, Mm. you know? Yeah. And new melodies and new words and. Yep. Something could go well. It could go bad. Like the pressure's off. Like we're turning it into a fragrant offering to the Lord. Mm. And um, that's cool. And in that, like it's, given me like freedom to invite other people in spaces and places that 
that otherwise probably wouldn't fit in. But it's like, hey, pressure's off. Like, if you want to engage, engage. If you don't, don't. Like, and when we're just seeking Jesus, when other people get met, we can't take credit for it. Yeah. When we're trying to seek healing, not that it's bad ever to, like, seek healing, but, like, if we meet today, we're going to pray for 26 people <laughs> to get healed. And then it happens, and then it's like, oh, we, we're kind of colluding with that, yeah. and we get some of the glory. But if we're like, we're going to meet just to honor God. We know his desires to heal. We know his desires to touch people. That's cool, but, like, not as cool as who God is. So let's, like, seek him. Yeah. And then as he begins, as we, like, host him, he becomes the host, and people get wrecked, and that's... um. And exciting. I remember when I entered into ministry full time, the Lord laid this phrase on my heart. If if it flies or if it dies, it's not up to me. Like it's it's all in his hands. Mm. Like be responsible, like you said, take action and and be led by what God wants God's desires are. But whether this whole thing takes off, it'll be for his glory. If it if if he shuts it down for whatever reason, that's because that's what he chose to do and i've got to be comfortable either way and so uh, yeah it's a good word it's yeah. a good word and you know man it's been cool having you here i know you know we we do this anyways right sometimes the three of us sometimes it's just you know two of us and just talking and so it's cool to have you here uh we're gonna have mckay back next episode as well part two part do see you guys next week do. but we're gonna uh but we're gonna focus a little bit more on I mean, worship is a big part of what you do. It's not the only thing you do, but it, it is a, it is a huge part of it. And it's something that for Kylie and I, it's, imp- it's impacted us tremendously, right? Just just being here, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that next episode, and you know, both both some, you know, thousand or thirty thousand foot view stuff, and then some practical stuff as well. Um, but man, appreciate you, love you, love you guys. Yeah, you're all right. If this episode's long, you can listen to it in one and a half speed. It cuts it down really well. So, um, Do you listen to us on one and a half speed? 1.8. You guys talk slow. Wow. That's, that says a lot See you next Micaiah. week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace. Yep, bye.